Good afternoon and welcome to Forest Fires. My name is John Clark. It's been a few weeks since I published a new podcast, and I'm sorry for that. I believe that life, like nature, it has seasons. While nature is transitioning into the shorter days and the cooler weather of fall, my life has been going through a season of transition as well. I'd love to tell you that because I'm sober and because I do this podcast, that I know exactly how to handle these seasons of change. But I don't. I've had good days and I've had bad days and I've had days where I simply want to run away. Through it all though, I've trusted in my higher power. I've trusted in this program of recovery and I've trusted that a drink or a drug wouldn't make my situations any better. So while I'm not through these seasons of change yet, I am standing on two feet and I am doing my very best to move forward. With that being said, I want to talk about something that's been on my mind lately. A few weeks ago, I had the opportunity to speak with someone about their recovery. This individual's recovery can only be described as white knuckle. While they hadn't drank in several weeks, they weren't going to meetings, they weren't working a program of recovery, they weren't talking to members of the recovery community, and they hadn't admitted that they were powerless over the disease of addiction. The fact that they'd been able to abstain from drinking for a few weeks, it gave them a false sense of confidence that their personal willpower could keep them sober long-term. Now, let's fast forward to the beginning of this week. I again had the opportunity to speak with this same individual. And in this meeting, they admitted that they had not only had a few drinks, they'd gotten good old-fashioned drunk. They couldn't explain what had happened. A few nights before this epic drunk fest, they'd successfully managed to have a few glasses of wine, and then they'd called it a night. Yet, on this particular evening, a few drinks became a few more, and before they knew it, they'd blacked out and lost hours of the night. As I mentioned earlier, this person had assured me that their willpower was strong, and that they had no desire to ever drink again. Yet, they not only drank, they drank to excess, and they ended up with some new shame and some new regrets to add to the plentiful inventory they already had. So how can this happen? Well, for those of us that have been around the rooms of recovery for a while, we've heard this story time and time again. The fact is, some of us hold on to a belief that one day, Somehow, some way, we can use or drink like a normal person. Some people in recovery refer to this as a reservation, but I simply like to call it the great delusion. Oftentimes, we describe the journey of recovery as a marathon, not a sprint. Using this athletic analogy, it would make sense that if we work at our recovery long enough and hard enough, that eventually we should be strong enough to have a drink or two, right? Sadly, though, this is where the athletic or the working out metaphor breaks down. Why? Well, because it neglects the reality that once we've crossed into the zone of addiction, 
we can never go back. It's similar to having an allergy, or better yet, similar to developing an allergy. Let's say that all of your life you've loved a certain food and you ate it all the time. But one day, out of the blue, you start getting sick and you don't know why. As each day passes, you get sicker and sicker. Up to this point, you've never had any issues with this beloved food of yours. Well, after you're desperate enough to go to the doctor, the doctor finally tells you that you've developed an allergy to your favorite food. The doctor explains that if you eat this food, you'll get very sick. And if you eat enough of it, it could actually kill you. Certainly, you're not happy with this result, but you actually are kind of happy that you know what's making you sick and you can do something about it. So you take the doctor's advice and you remove this food from your diet. Over a period of time, your body starts to get stronger. It starts to get healthier and the effects of your prior allergic reaction, they start to go away. You begin to feel like a new person. Once you're feeling better, you don't run to the store and buy your favorite food again, do you? I mean, after all, you know that you have an allergy to this food and you know the consequences and the risks of eating it. Yet, with alcohol and drugs, that same logic related to the allergy, it's often lost on us. After weeks or months of sobriety, some of us begin to think that we can return to social drinking or social using. The big book of Alcoholics Anonymous, it refers to the disease of addiction as being both cunning and baffling. In my opinion, the disease's most cunning ability is in its talent to make us forget. Many of us, despite our best intentions, we eventually forget the hell of active addiction. We forget the shakes and the dope sick, and we forget the hallucinations. We forget how the jail mattress felt or how the jail clothes smelled. And instead of being reminded of the bad things, we begin to only see the good times that we had with our drug of choice. We remember the relaxation, the parties, and the fun times. But what we have to know is that those memories are lies, or at the very least, they're half-truths. Now, I can honestly say that I had some awesome times with alcohol. I had a lot of fun. I can easily remember the parties and the laughter and the wild nights. What's harder for me to do, though, and what requires a lot more effort, is to fill in the other parts of those memories. I have to force myself to remember the hangovers. I have to force myself to remember the dope sit. I have to force myself to remember the shakes and the looks on my children's faces. The big book tells newcomers that some of us have to go out and try some controlled drinking or some controlled using. It's almost as if this book that's supposed to help keep us sober is giving us permission to go out and have a few drinks. But what many people learn as did the individual that I was talking about earlier in this podcast, is that we can often have a few drinks in a controlled way for a little while. But that control, it rarely, if ever, lasts. I've talked with more people than I can count that say they had a drink one night and a couple of drinks on another night and everything seemed good. But before they knew it, they were back to drinking themselves to death. 
The truth is simple. Even one drink is a relapse, and it can mean losing everything that you've worked so hard to rebuild. Just one drink, just one drug, it will lead to more drinks, and it will lead to more drugs. It doesn't seem fair that others can have a few drinks to relax or that they can recreationally use on the weekends and not think about it the rest of the week. It's not fair that they can do it and we can't, right? The culture that we live in is partly to blame for this mindset of fairness. We've been conned into believing that these chemicals, that there's some type of a reward that we get for working hard. How many commercials have you seen where the man turns a bottle of beer up after a hard day of work and looks like he's purely relaxed? Or finally, after a stressful day, a woman has a glass of wine and is finally able to calm down. With all the cultural and advertising influences, it's easy to feel as though we're being left out of some type of a rewards program. But what these advertisements and cultural influences will never show us is that alcohol is the direct cause of three types of cancer. Alcohol and alcohol use, it's the second most preventable cause of death in the United States. And it'll never show you that alcohol kills on average of 100,000 people a year. But yeah, let's just keep believing that it's a reward. When we see other people have a few drinks, we wonder why we can't. Again, we conveniently forget that we've developed an allergy to alcohol or to the drug of our choice. I mean, if you have a peanut butter allergy, you don't wonder why other people can eat a peanut butter sandwich, do you? It may not be fair, but then again, what is fair in this life? I mean, it's not fair that some people have full heads of hair and are over six feet tall while I'm over here, well, let's just say I'm less, slightly less than six feet tall. Fairness has nothing to do with addiction, and the sooner that we realize that, the better off we're all going to be. Let's save fairness for sports and games, and let's remember that how we deal with alcoholism and addiction, it isn't a question of winning or losing, but rather a question of life or death. Even to this day, at almost seven years sober, the thought that a drink would be nice, it occasionally hits me. Fortunately, though, I'm at a point in my recovery where I can appreciate the grave consequences of that single drink. And up to this point, thankfully, I've been able to push through those delusional thoughts. One of the most dangerous things that can happen is that you have one drink or one pill, and then you stop for a while. This happened to me. Before I found lasting recovery, I had a period of what can be called white knuckle sober, sort of. Eventually though, I convinced myself I could have one drink and guess what? That's exactly what I did. I went out and I had one drink. I woke up the next morning, I didn't have a hangover and I felt pretty proud of myself, but I did feel a little disappointed that I hadn't had at least one more drink. So a night or two later, I again experimented and this time I had two beers. And guess what? It still worked. I had two beers and I stopped and I went home and I slept just fine. And I woke up the next morning without a hangover. I tried this little experiment a few more times, 
with similar results. And finally, I came to the belief that I'd never really, really been an alcoholic or an addict in the first place. I just had a bad run of luck or something like that. Clearly though, my successful experiments, they demonstrated that I was now far more responsible than I'd ever been before, right? At long last, I could now partake in social drinking, just like everyone else, right? It didn't take long before a few beers became a lot of beers. And it didn't take very long before a few drinks became a few bottles. Within weeks of that first drink, I was drinking as much or more as I had ever drank before. And the physical, emotional, and the life consequences, they hit me harder and faster than they ever had before. Regardless of what any alcoholic or addict tries to make themselves believe, drinking or using in moderation, it isn't a realistic option. Here's the truth. That first drink, it isn't really the issue. The problem is that that first drink, it puts fuel in the tank for our obsessive thinking. More often than not, that one drink, it leads to another drink and then to another. Once the cycle has started, it gets easier and easier to keep it going. I hate when I hear someone say that they had a slip, like having a drink or getting high just one time, it was some sort of an accident. I mean, it wasn't a damn accident. It was an intentional choice. There are no such things as slips. Remove it from your vocabulary now. There are only relapses. And one drink or one pill or one line or one whatever, that's a relapse. The only way back from a relapse is to start over from the beginning. We have to stop comparing ourselves to normal drinkers and users. Normal people don't drink or use like we do. And if they do, they're not normal. As addicts, we have to understand that even if we stop using or drinking, we don't magically go back to being a normal user or drinker. The sooner that we accept these facts, the sooner that we begin to recover and the better our chances for staying in recovery really are. One of the greatest threats to lasting recovery is the desire to simply be normal. Many people hold on to the persistent hope that one day they'll be able to drink or use like a normal person. That one day they can enjoy their drug of choice without it taking over and wreaking havoc. For those of us that who accepted our powerlessness over the disease of addiction, we understand that an addict is an addict for life. We understand that addiction is a progressive illness that only gets worse. It never gets better. For recovery to ever work, we must once and for all give up the concept of being normal when it comes to drinking or using. Contrary to whatever social media or television or advertising may tell you, I've never once met a recovered alcoholic or a recovered addict. I've only ever met those that are in active addiction or those that are recovering one day at a time. As I draw this podcast to a close, I'm going to admit something that some of you may be a little shocked to learn, but hear me out. I wish that I could drink socially. 
I wish that I could use in moderation. I wish that I could have a glass of scotch or a beer or even a glass of wine. I wish I could, but I can't. Not today, not tomorrow, not ever. As much as I may not like it, that's a simple and unavoidable truth. Real sustainable recovery, it means coming to grips with the reality that once we are alcoholics and addicts, we are alcoholics and addicts for life. Once we accept this reality, we can then truly start the beautiful journey of a lifelong recovery. Like I said, I wish there was another way. I wish there was an easier, softer solution. I wish that I could enjoy a drink and not lose my mind. I wish that I could go to happy hour and not risk destroying my entire life. I wish that there was a magic pill that we could all take that would let us go back to being normal drinkers and users. But there isn't. Don't fool yourself into believing that you're the exception to this rule either. Jails, institutions, and cemeteries, they're filled with those who thought they were unique. Those that thought these universal truths didn't apply to them. The choice that each and every one of us must make is quite simple. We can either accept our reality and then be truly free in a life of recovery, or we can deny the truth. We can keep fighting reality and we can continue to be slaves to substances that will destroy everything that we care about. If you think you can drink or use again, please think again. Thank you for tuning into Forest Fires. Thank you for continuing to support the message of hope and recovery that this podcast tries to share. Thank you for being a recovery community that I'm not only grateful for, but I am proud to be a part of. Continue reaching out and lifting each other up. And above all, please continue fighting for your own recovery. As always, stay reachable, stay teachable, and stay humble. Thank you. Thank you.